just keep going back and forth. You know, and at the end of the day, like, we get to fight for this. Obviously, it's great to win the game and great to go back home and feel good about ourselves, but good job, good job. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Here's your host, Grant Bills. Very subdued, you know, very strategic. Hey, here's what we're going to talk about, guys. And along the way, you know, we might get angry, we might get fired up, but you know, we're starting very, you know, very calm here. No, 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 no time. Okay, no time tonight for that. I'm starting fired up. I'm starting loud. I'm not being subdued right away at four o'clock. Right? Do you understand what happened last night? I'm sure you do, but I, I feel like we should reiterate. We should repeat. We should talk about it again. We should go over it again. I don't know if I've ever watched a game, experienced a game, that has made me feel the way that last night's game made me feel. That was unbelievable. Do you understand what happened last night and the scope of of what happened and where it happened and against who it happened and how it happened? Every part of this game. This is why sports are great. Because every once in a while, something will happen that makes you think, I could not have written that if it was my job to write a movie about a crazy basketball game. And everything was on the table. I could not have done that. I couldn't have written it up. The Bucks trailed by 14. Al Horford's throwing down put-back dunks. Celtics played amazing for 45 minutes. And then, and then, and then, Giannis ties it with the three. He was three of 20 from three in the series leading up to that shot. He didn't tie it. He pulled within three, excuse me, and then Drew Holiday tied it. Drew Holiday ties it with a three, has two unbelievable defensive plays to close it out against the defensive player of the year in his house. Fans going nuts. Boston Celtics are flopping everywhere. They're whining. They're looking for calls. Meanwhile, the Bucks are playing their way back into the game. Oh, oh, that's why we do what we do, folks. That's why we buy the jerseys. That's why we pay for cable. That's why we watch. That's why we do what we do. I don't know if there's ever been a game that has made me feel like that game made me feel. With the exception of the Bucks winning the title last year and the Packers winning a Super Bowl, I don't know if I've ever experienced something that I experienced last night. And I tweeted this after the game at Wisco Grant, and I mean it. Games like that, finishes like that, are why you should always keep a spare pack of cigarettes somewhere hidden, buried away in your house. Because after a game like that, the only thing to do is to stand outside and go, oh, and just just light up a stogie. Just light one up. And say, you need to calm down. I had to calm myself down. It was nuts last night. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills, and I hope you've had a great day. And chances are, if you're a Bucks fan, you've had a great day. Because maybe somewhere up before this point, maybe at 6 o'clock this morning or maybe at noon, you listened to another Wisconsin sports radio program. Maybe you listened to Ebo this morning and you got to bask in the in the Bucks victory last night as you were driving to work. Or maybe you listened to the, the Thrill Michael show with Bill and Ben today and you got to relive some of those moments. Maybe, maybe you're a big reader. You sat down to read today. I read a couple things. Chris Mannix, uh, Brian Windhorst, Eric Name, Zach Cram had a great piece of the ringer. I'm soaking it all in taking it all in. I even fired up YouTube. I said, hey, what did Nick Wright have to say? What did Cowherd have to say? What did Skip Bailey? Give it. Give it all to me. Put it all on my plate. I'm going to sit here all day long and I'm going to eat it up. Today has been a pleasure. The basketball content that I have been taking in 
celebrating, basking in the Bucks' win last night, a game that they won in Boston. Shouldn't have won. Should not have won, and they did. They won 107, or 110, rather, 107. Oh, what a pleasure. Oh, what a treat. If you want to be a part of the show tonight, you absolutely can. I'd love to chat with you. We got no no guests on deck, uh, no long press conference to play, nothing like that. No, it's just you and me, and we're going to talk Bucks. 608-796-2558. Give me a text or a call. You can follow me on Twitter and tweet me during the show at Wisco Grant. All right. <sighs> Folks, I gave up on the Bucks last night. I gave up on them. The third quarter, Boston shot 60 or uh, 56% from three, so almost 60. 40% from three, 56% from the field. I can barely keep my numbers straight. I'm still so excited all these hours later. The Celtics at the end of the third quarter led 86 to 77. Jalen Brown scores 16 in the third quarter. And I'm sitting at home thinking, that's that's Chris Middleton. That's supposed to be Chris Middleton, the guy who gets hot and drops 15 to 20 points in a quarter, and they don't have Chris Middleton. And I'm sitting there thinking, "Ah, I'm going to have to do the show tomorrow that's built around the idea of Chris Middleton and how the Bucs can't do it without Chris. They don't have enough firepower without Chris. They don't have enough depth without Chris. And maybe they don't. Maybe they lose the next two and and they bow out of the playoffs. Maybe. But I thought last night, I'm going to have to do the Bucs aren't good enough without Chris Middleton show tomorrow. I'm not saying I quit on the season, but I walked up to the edge of the cliff and I took a long look and I kicked some dust over the edge and I'm thinking, shoot. Right? And as we talked about on yesterday's show, sometimes it's just not your year. And I think sports fans, we would all be a lot more sane if sometimes we would just admit that. Packers fans, geez, we admit it every year. It's like, oh, <laughs> we were up 19-6 to in the NFC Championship game. Oh, that's fine. wasn't our year. No, it was your year. So with the Packers, it's a little different. The Packers have come up short 12 straight years. It, not every single one of those years you can say, well, it wasn't our year. Hey, yeah, the Packers had some years in there. So the Packers, their own thing. But with the Brewers or the Bucks, or if you're a hockey fan, especially with these seven-game series, the playoffs being such a marathon where everyone needs to stay healthy and everything needs to go well. Sometimes it's just not your year. And Chris Middleton being really their truest, purest shot maker and shot creator, and certainly their second most important player behind Giannis, without him, I was thinking yesterday, and we talked about on the show last night, maybe it's just not their year. Well, (laughs) as we stressed and we pulled our hair out, Maybe you were pacing. I was just sweating because we didn't have our air conditioning on yet. While we were freaking out, the Bucks were just absorbing punches. They were just taking them. Mm, yeah. take, a, take a shot to the shoulder, oh, shot to the stomach. They were absorbing punches. Even Al Horford's dunk, which felt like the, the biggest gut punch I've taken while watching my team in a long time. Right, That put the Bucks up 105-99 to 99 with 212 to play, or put the Celtics up by six with two and change remaining. Right, The Bucks were just absorbing punches. That Horford put back dunk. The, the weightiest of them all. And it turns out when the game is within reach, Giannis and Drew Holiday just make things happen. And I, <laughs> and as they're making things happen, I'm sitting there. I can't believe it. I could not believe what I was watching last night. Let's start with Giannis and then we'll talk about Drew. Let's start with Giannis. We are learning the power and seeing the power firsthand of having the best player in the world. And not just barely. And this is what I tried to say with Aaron Rodgers the other day. Aaron Rodgers might be the best quarterback on earth. I don't think he is, but he's very close. There are going to be a lot of games in the playoffs where the Packers can say, we have the better quarterback by a mile, 
Well, they could against Jimmy G, and they still lost. So the NFL is a little different. But in the NBA, when you can go into a series and say, we have the best guy, and it's not close, we're seeing what that looks like. The Celtics are deeper. They have the defensive player of the year. They have a crazy good defense. They have a home crowd. They have multiple options on offense. They have the momentum. They're they're hungry. They're young. But guess what? Uh, we have Giannis. So you can take all the rest of that stuff and shove it. It's like having the one ring, right? We are talking about Lord of the Rings yesterday. Yeah, I'm a Lord of the Rings guy now. You have the, we have the ring to rule all rings. All right? That's Giannis. Well, what's the line from the, the first Avengers movie when Robert Downey Jr. meets with Loki at the top of the tower? And he's like, we have a Hulk. Yeah, we have, we have a Hulk. We have a Hulk on our team. It's not going to go well for you. I don't really care all of the things that Boston has. Defensive player of the year. Jason Tatum is only 19, remember, and still the best player in the league. I don't know how any of that math works out, but there were people who would, would convince you of that. Right? Their defense is unreal. Their home crowd is unbelievable. Guess what? Uh, we have Giannis. So deal with that. That's a trump card. Giannis had 40 last night, uh, which we're used to. I mean, who cares? He puts up 40 all the time, not just in, in closing. And he put up 50 last year in game six, but he puts up 40 in the playoffs routinely everyone is used to that it's not just his scoring output it's his resiliency it's his mindset it's the way in which he plays that elevates everyone around him and just fosters these unreal moments where where you almost see a team kind of take a step up spread their wings a little bit look larger than life look like a champion something that's not quantifiable through stats even advanced stats right For 45 minutes, Giannis had a real struggle in a hostile environment, right? He's the only guy who's gotten anything going. Until the fourth quarter, no one was doing anything. He was having no help. The fans are on him. The Celtics are flopping everywhere, falling all over the place, right? He's not hitting threes. He's working hard, but to not wear down, to not start whining, to not get in his own head, that's why he's great. The perfect example of of what I'm talking about, hitting that three, to make it 105-102 with a minute and 40 seconds remaining. Pull within three. Stan Van Gundy was hammering him all game for taking threes. Basically going to Brian Anderson. Yeah, Brian, I just don't know. Giannis takes these threes, and that's the one weakness in his game and the way in how he plays. And I'm talking to my buddy. I watched the game with two friends last night. And I'm like, actually, I think the fact that Giannis keeps taking threes is what makes him so great as a player. Now, it might hurt that possession. It might even cost you a game. If Giannis took a lot of threes and missed them all, it could cost you a game. But it's why he's taking those threes. It's the way that he's wired that leads him to take those threes that makes him so great. He's not phased, right? He pulled up for that three that his team needed. And in that moment, nothing that had happened in Giannis's basketball career up until that moment mattered. He could have been 0 for 300 career shooting from three, and it wouldn't have mattered in that moment because that's how Giannis is wired, right? Giannis was asked about that shot after the game, and he said, uh, you know, maybe it's not the smart play, but it's a play you have to make. It's a shot I have to take. If you're not confident and comfortable enough to take that shot, you know, for a person that is being criticized for uh, his uh, shooting, you don't take that shot. You wait, you give the ball to the point guard, you have like a full play, you set a pick and roll, so everybody touches, driving kicks, find the open shot, find the open man, try to get a good shot. But as I said, like I worked on it, you know, I worked on it and um, I, I felt, I felt the ball good in my hand and I was able, you know, had the, had the nerves at the time to um, take that shot. That's what makes him great. 
Giannis is great because he had missed so many threes and he still took that three in the moment when the ball came to him in a catch and shoot position from the top of the key and it fit within the offense and Giannis pulled the trigger and hit it because he's Giannis, right? Because he's that man. That's what makes him great. And I thought Stan Van Gundy, you know, say what you want about Stan Van Gundy. (laughs) And a lot of Bucks fans aren't thrilled with him at the moment. Uh, Maybe a little pro Boston. I hear a lot of Bucks fans saying, I... I try to not take that stance on the show. I think it's kind of a childish, maybe more juvenile thing. Well, the announcer doesn't like my team. But I can see maybe why some Bucks fans thought that. Right? Van Gundy's saying, look, I know the shot went in, but that's a bad shot. That's Giannis needs to fix that. No, the fact that he took it, the 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 all of the context and all of the explanation for why that shot went up, that's what makes Giannis great. That's what we keep kill- killing Ben Simmons for. Right, Ben Simmons can't shoot, and what does everybody say? Dude, you need to be willing to take it. Giannis is willing to take that shot. He's willing to take that shot and miss. He's willing to go to the free throw line and miss because it's what his team needs. And that's why he is going to be one of the greatest, I think, when his career winds down. we got to talk about Drew before we take a break. I love watching Drew in the playoffs because Drew is a player that's best watched and best experienced in the playoffs. And I'm glad that Drew is on a contending team because if you were to put him on... I don't know, pick a team, the Thunder, the Magic, right? The Pistons, even a more middle of the road team like the Hawks, right? I was talking about this with my my buddy last night. We were talking about Jason Tatum and I was taking some notes and I think Tatum was four of 11 from the field at the time that I said this. And I said, look, I really want to drag Jason Tatum for having a really inefficient kind of slow start to this game. But in the playoffs, if you score 20 points on 18 shots, really inefficient, not a great night, but you score six of those points in the final two minutes in a huge moment when it matters most, then nothing else matters, right? Drew is the epitome of that idea. The idea that it's not how many points you have, not about how many shots you take, not about how many plays you make, but when you make the plays, when you take the shots, when you make the shots. Chris Middleton, we talked about this in the playoffs last year. Chris Middleton would have 17 points, and on its face, you think, oh, that's not enough. Well, if eight of them came in the final four minutes, that dog will hunt, that'll do the trick. And The playoffs are the environment in which you can evaluate a player like that. Drew, last night, I think, had 20 points on 20 shots or 24 points on 24 shots, whatever it was. It looks clunky. It it looks kind of janky, and it's aesthetically not pretty. But guess what? In the playoffs, if two or three of those shots are in huge moments and you get amazing defense, then nothing else matters. The playoffs, we almost watch and evaluate players on a completely different scale in the playoffs. We judge them differently. We evaluate them differently. In the regular season, I'd say, man, Drew Holiday, 24 points on 24 shots. What's he doing? He didn't have it tonight. Really inefficient. Well, guess what? Those numbers really don't matter in the playoffs. When did you hit your shots? When did you take those shots? When did you make those defensive plays? And the playoffs, the, the playoffs are the stage where you can put Drew Holiday in a position to really be Drew Holiday, right? God, defensive play was insane. And it just, it's so rich to do that in Boston and to make that defensive play twice on the player who won defensive player of the year. Folks, folks, you can't make this stuff up. You can't write this stuff. This is why we love sports. Remind me of the conversation that we're having right now when the Packers lose the second weekend in January next year to some dump team that we're not even worrying about right now. Remind me of this conversation. We need to remember where we are right now because this is where... This is this is good stuff. This is why we like sports. This is why we watch sports. I want to hear a little bit from Giannis and Drew. We'll do that throughout the show. I want to talk about the idea of championship medal. I got a text from the other guy 
who talked about a championship medal. This was at 359 he texted me before the show even started. I wanted to talk about championship medal. In fact, that's the next thing on my notes. The other guy, it says championship medal, 420. Let's talk about that idea, what it means truly, and how championship medal really manifested in last night's game through the Milwaukee Bucks beating the Celtics 110-107 in a pivotal game five. We'll talk more coming up next. It's the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. Here's what we're not going to talk about before six o'clock: the leaked games. For the Packers 2022-2023 schedule. It's not that I don't care, but I'm not doing this. I'm not chasing the carrot around for four days while these games leak individually through all these different sources. You know what? When the full schedule comes out, go ahead and tell me. Go ahead and drop me a note. Until then, all these little beat reporters who get one scoop here, one scoop there. I'm just, I'm not following along. I'm talking about the Bucks today. Although, it does sound like the Packers are going to play on Christmas night. That's kind of cool. That's noteworthy. All right, drop the big ones. It's like, ooh, the Rams are playing the Panthers in week six. Stop the presses. Stop the presses. Forget the NBA playoffs. Scrap the show notes. We have breaking news. Also, it's just the tweet that came up on my timeline right before we came back. Carolina at Seahawks in week 14. Oh, my God. Let me get my calendar. I need to write that down. I hope that doesn't fall on some important weekend. Deer hunting or whatever. God forbid I should be at a tree stand when that game is being played. I would never miss Drew Locke versus Sam Darnold. Jeez. No, the, the schedule release thing. I'm not chasing this around. When the full thing comes out, I will learn about it like everyone else does, like all normal people in the state of Wisconsin. I will learn about the Packers schedule all at once by grabbing a fridge magnet at my local fleet farm. That's how the schedule should be released. It's always been released. That's the way our Lord intended it. We're, t- we're talking about Bucks Celtics. 110-107 last night. Unbelievable game for all the reasons we talked about during the first segment of the show, all the reasons you've been thinking about all day. I've been on cloud nine. One of the most awesome games I've ever watched for many of my teams. I don't know if any game except for a championship game, a Super Bowl or an NBA finals, or I don't know if any game has ever made me feel like last night's game made me feel. I truly needed a cigarette. I was like, I need to, I, I was, I was jittery. I could feel all of my organs, not just my heart. I could feel my heart pounding, but I could also feel like everything else in my body. It was very weird. Uh, maybe the twisted T I had had something weird in it. Maybe it wasn't just the game. If you want to talk Bucks, give me a call or a text, 608-796-2558. You can tweet me at Wisco Grant as well. A lot of people bringing up championship medal, and I'm glad. The other guy texted me about it, Dean and Eau Claire, Mad Mike, uh, just chiming in to chime in. That's why we love you, Mad Mike. Uh, talking about championship medal. And that's actually what I want to talk about next, right? All the different ways in which it manifested, it showed up. Because championship medal, it's tough to it's tough to give a definition to. It's tough to say what is and what isn't. It's more of a you know it when you see it. And there were a bunch of things that I saw last night where I was like, there it is. That's what championship medal looks like. That's what a championship team does. Really quickly, let's talk to Jonathan in La Crescent. Jonathan, what's going on? Not much, Grant. How about you? I am. Uh, I, I'm having a great day. I'm having an excellent day. I, I think I've had a smile on my face since I woke up this morning. I was going to say I can. I can. Uh, I don't know if it's possible to hear a glow in your <laughs> voice, but uh, 
But yeah, no, I I was actually kind of scoreboard watching the game last night on ESPN.com, and I checked in like halfway through and saw that the Bucks were down by like ten or something. Like, oh boy, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, and then I I later that night I hopped on ESPN to just see what the final score was. And I'm like, oh, they won. <laughs> so it was it was just really cool to see. And then I went back and kind of saw all the highlights. But like you said, like if I had been watching that, I'd probably be, you know, super sweaty, mm-hmm. um, you know, feeling feeling out-of-body sensations and all that good stuff yeah. through the nerve. Um, but I actually, I got to say, so I'm actually a Timberwolves fan first, but I yeah. I really enjoyed watching the, the Bucks playoff run last year and kind of, you know, they're kind of like my team 1B now. Sure. Um, but I'm I'm just like as a, you know, beaten down, <laughs> depressed Timberwolves fan, I'm really hoping that like Anthony Edwards can kind of be that Giannis type player for them. Yeah. Because he's just, you know, so young and his game's still developing, but he's had moments where he just looks like he could beat anyone. I think he's, um, he, I think he's built that way where in big games you look at him and you're like, I don't, I don't know that physically he's ready. I don't know that his game is ready, but mentally he is wired to, I think, stand up in those big moments and be the guy. And I think at his age, that's the most important thing. If I was a Wolves fan, that's what I'd be looking for, and I think he passes the smell test on that. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, you look at, uh, you know, you got players like Cat saying, you know, he doesn't even know what the F he's doing yet, and yeah. he's already this good. So I'm really hoping that, again, he can kind of be that emotional kind of north pole for the team that you know he just kind of steps up in those moments and uh i hope they can build around him i don't know you know cat mm. half the league loves him half the league hates him and most Timberwolves <laughs> fans you're kind of somewhere in between sure. um but i don't know i feel like as long as they have kind of that core and they continue to improve around him i'd love to see them kind of do some, sort of the same thing that the bucks have done where they build around that star and just, you know, get that kind of commitment and hopefully make a few runs. So Yeah, well, and Jonathan, I appreciate the call, and good luck to your Wolves. I really like Anthony Edwards. He's one of my favorite players in the league, so I definitely get where you're coming from. I think he's wired the right way. And you talk about building around that superstar. Dean in Eau Claire gave us a text. He said, the way the front office has complimented Giannis is key to the Bucks. Drew, Portis, Matthews, Connaughton, Lopez, Allen Hill – all experienced, smart, team-oriented, defense-minded players won't get rattled under stress. Championship medal, indeed. It's palpable with this team. The thing with Portis, I, we, I didn't really know his deal before he got to Milwaukee. He'd had an up-and-down past, and the way he has accepted any role. Oh, I'm not going to play during the Brooklyn season last year? Okay, I'll be ready. I'll be ready for Atlanta. I'll be ready for Phoenix, right? This year, thought he was going to be sixth man of the year. Then he gets pressed into action as a starter when Brooke Lopez goes down. Then he goes back to the bench, and he's accepted every role. You need everyone to fall in line. And I think when Giannis is leading the way and his mindset and the way that he's wired is leading the way, it's a lot easier for everyone else to fall in line. And I don't mean fall in line in this dictatorship way, but it's easier for everyone else to get it. When your best player gets it, it's easier for everyone else to get it, especially in basketball. This idea of championship medal, it's tough to nail down. It's one of those you know it when you see it type things. It is palpable with this team, as Dean said, right? The Bucks don't just go down. They don't go down. It's like you need to beat them, and then you need to beat them again. Like the Celtics needed to beat the Bucks twice last night. They beat them in that third quarter. They put them away, and then they needed to put them away again, and they couldn't do it. And I, I think I think as a championship team, at least one like the Bucks, right, where you have a lot of carryover, and it's most of the same guys, 
you know, there are championship teams that dissolve a year or two later. That's not the case with the Bucks. They've been there for a while. So it's certainly a foundation that's really solid and that can carry over from one year to the next. Right? When they won that title last year, it's like they it's like they sized up. It's like they can absorb more punches now. It's just they're more difficult to kill. Right? It, it's it's like they got it's like they got vaccinated, honestly. Or it's like they 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 become immune to a certain poison. Like by winning a championship last year, right, they they strengthened themselves and they became immune to certain things. They become immune to cracking under pressure. They become immune to getting too high or too low, right? As a lot of teams do in the playoffs. I, I think seriously, in that Bulls round, in the first round, I, I think when Chris Middleton went down, I think the rest of the locker room looked around and said, Look, Giannis got hurt last year. People get hurt. The idea that you lose one guy in the playoffs and all it goes to hell. No, 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 no. This takes months, right? This takes months. There's this series, then there's going to be another one, then another one, then another one. And I think lesser experienced teams, teams that haven't made their way through the progressions that the Bucks have, they get frazzled over things. One guy gets injured. Oh, no, we're screwed. No, 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 relax, right? The whole landscape of the league is going to look different in two games, let alone two weeks or two months when the NBA Finals is going to be being played. You know what I mean? It obviously won't be that far into the future, but you get what I'm saying, right? I think gathering experiences last year really helped kind of form the mindset that you need. Once you win one championship, you see it, you experience what it takes, and then when you come back again, you know how to react to certain pressures and certain factors. And I think that's been the case with the Bucks, and I think we've seen it with the Celtics, I think they've cracked a little bit. I saw Keith Smith, who's just a big-time blogger for the Celtics. I don't know if he's on fan-sided or who he writes for, but he's like the most active person on NBA Twitter that I've ever seen. He's tweeting like every five minutes uh, or more. And last night he had a tweet that, that blew up a little bit, and I saw it. He said, look, the Celtics gave up three, four, five buckets in the second half because they were complaining to officials or they were laying on the floor trying to sell a call. The Bucks just keep their nose down. Giannis got popped on the head and never really even spent time on the ground. He got up, stitched me up, right back in the game. It didn't phase him. The Bucks aren't phased. They're not rocked, right? It's like last year by winning a championship and going the distance, they become immune. They have the antidote to certain stresses and pressures that all of these teams are feeling a lot more than the Bucks are feeling. Let's take a break. I want to talk more about the idea of championship medal, and I have a couple specific examples from specific moments in the game and specific players last night. We'll do that. Wisco Sports Show back in just a couple minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show, I had an awkward moment at work the other day when something uh, slightly sexual came onto my work computer. Luckily, nobody saw. Uh, it was an excerpt of a Brian Windhorse piece uh, that just, it got me a little hot and bothered. Uh, this is, ooh, this should have an NSFW label on it. Not safe for work, Wendy. Come on, I want to read this to you. Uh, take a deep breath when this is done. But instead of swatting it and risking knocking the ball out of bounds, only to stay with Boston and another chance to win, Holiday grabbed the ball in midair to try to keep possession. As he landed from his leap, he was close to the baseline and had to dance to control the ball and stay in bounds. But Holiday gathered the ball and managed to throw it off smart as to retain possession and finish off one of the most graceful thefts you'll ever see. Brian Windhorst. I want to be friends with Brian Windhorst. I, I don't I don't really have any interest in 
interviewing players, former players. That's not really my that's not really my thing. Like I don't have a desire to be close to professional athletes. Like I like talking about sports. I don't really worship professional athletes in that way. I've said a bunch of times and I still believe this. If I had a chance to interview Craig Council or Aaron Rodgers on the show, it'd be close. I think I'm, I think I might take Craig, right? I want to be Brian Windhorst. I th- this this just blew me away. I'm like, "Windy, you son of a gun." And I just he seems like a really cool, chill, nice guy. Uh, and I've grown up watching Brian Windhorst on my TV. He wrote a column today about, as he states, the nuanced greatness of Drew Holiday's defense. Uh, read it. I tweeted that excerpt at Wisco Grant. Daryl has given us a call, 608-796-2558. What's up, Daryl? I'm going to ask you a couple of questions real quick. Like, number one, when you're watching a game, mm-hmm. do you ever feel like you're immersed as a fan or immersed as a coach? Or how do you immerse yourself in the watch or as a, as a broadcaster or thought as far as it goes? That's a question number one I had to throw at to you. It's a good question. I watched it two friends last night. I'm pretty mellow. I, like, I don't yell a lot during games. I, I think when I feel tight and when I worry about my team and when I stress, I get, I get really quiet. If I'm being loud, that means that I'm not really that stressed about a game because I'll be the one person in the room who's silent. I don't know if that makes me I don't think that makes me any more or less of a fan but I I tend not to yell that's why I threw something on Tuesday night which I never do so I got really upset on Tuesday but no I I, I don't feel any different I think than anyone else the reason the reason I say that is because I'd almost bring you entertainment um <laughs> when, when 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 I'm when I'm watching a game there are times I'm pacing oh, yeah. in front of my chair uh I I get flustered um, I'm thinking, I'm thinking like either a coach or why is you doing this kind of thing, whatever. Yeah. Um, and I'm listening to the announcer. I'm, you know, Van Gundy was right about one, only one thing about last night. And that was, yeah, he asked about whether Giannis should take in that three point shot. And he said, Boston was going to let him take it. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? Boston got burned by the one that they shouldn't have. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, if you're going to give it, they gave up a three when, when in, in that case like that, and I says, okay. You gave it to him, Boston. You gave up that three points, and that three points at the end yeah. was the difference. Now I'll go. I'll go a little further than this as far as it goes. Okay. This is the second second time in the in in this season's playoffs that the Bucks have taken one to the face. Basically, mm-hmm. uh, Bobby Portis took one in the face in the first round against Chicago. They lost that game, but they came back and they made sure Chicago paid for that price. Yeah. In this game, in this game, Giannis Giannis took one even from his own guy. I mean, unfortunately, uh, I think it was Pat Connaughton that got him in, in the in, near the eye. But it Giannis was Giannis was really bearing down on on Boston the way they had been uh, physically manhandling him mm-hmm. throughout the series. Yeah. And he finally said, "I had enough." Yeah. And he didn't get a technical. He went at him. He found. He, he, he had to speed up the tempo just enough to finally get Boston where they had an open up enough lanes where he could drive in and finally do something about it. I think from the get-go in game six, they need to do that right away. They need to push the ball to the point where Boston can't set its defense. Yep. That's number one. Yep. Number two, I'm going to say this one more time, one thing that people probably haven't observed. I think Drew Holiday looked tired for most of the game last night. Yeah. I really do. He looked. I thought he looked extremely tired, and I think all the minutes that he has played this season while helping the team when they didn't have Giannis, when they didn't have uh, 
Middleton when they, you know, he was basically the one man core of the team mm-hmm. for, for stretches during this season. And I think the minutes looked like they caught up to him during 45 minutes of the game last night. Yeah. And I don't know if they, they took him out for a period and he, he must've finally got just enough wind to finish what he needed to do for this game. You know, you know what's funny? Five. You know what's funny, Daryl, with the defense at the end. I, I think, and Drew played forty-one minutes last night. Giannis played forty. Giannis got a little rest in the was it the end of the third or the fourth quarter. Like they both had some later moments mm-hmm. on the bench when the game was was in the balance. But I, I weirdly think once the Bucks got the lead, once Bobby Portis had that putback that went in on, on the missed free throw, and the Bucks were then leading, I think some mm-hmm. switch just flipped in Drew where he thought, oh. So now I just have to defend. Like, that's all I have to do. We have the lead and I can just focus on defense. Oh, well, this this just became easy for me. And he got to kind of narrow his focus. And maybe that helped get him to the finish line. Maybe he was tired. But as soon as the Bucks took the lead and he's like, oh, if we get stops, this is over. I just have to do what I'm best at. I think that made a big difference for him. It's like something switched in those last, you know, 40 seconds or whatever it was. That's exactly what he needed to do is, is that for, for a moment, it didn't all come down to him. It just, he had to just make a, do something simple and as to defend and, and, and that one inbound play, as far as it goes that near the end there, as far as that steal, perfect ending for what has been his kind of, uh, um, season as far as it goes, he make a play like he's been trying to help this team all season long. He needed to make a play. And he finally got a chance to do that. What was I, I had the thing I had to say in the back of my head here. Um, oh, the other day you were talking about, uh, I believe, I don't know if it was last Friday or not. I think it was, mm-hmm. it had something to do with, um, whether you go back and wanted, uh, did you want to go back to the time when they, uh, uh, basically the eighties type basketball, whatever else, when it was Boston, Los Angeles, basically yeah, physical yes. guys were beating each other up in the eighties and nineties. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell you the truth. I didn't consider that basketball. Okay. I really didn't. And, I'll, and, and the reason I didn't consider it basketball is because it felt like the referees were uh, swallowing the whistles when times um, we wouldn't allow that kind of play, that kind of play at either the collegiate level or at the high school level. And yet they, they get to be grown men, and now they get to pound each other. Yeah. The truth of the matter is, is that it wasn't until. Uh, the New York Knicks brought this kind of defensive game play, game in and that kind of effort as far as it goes, and it allowed it to, to get a little too rough. In my opinion, it was too rough. Well, yeah, and I, and I think the issue, like with the Pistons, too, and I, and I appreciate the call, Daryl. We covered a lot of ground there. This is well done. I, I think when guys started to get hurt, like the Pistons, the bad boy Pistons would injure guys. And then the Pistons would, the Pistons and the Pistons fans would complain. It's like, well, the whole country hates us. We're the small market. You know, we're the underdog. No one likes us. No, no one likes you because you hurt their favorite player. You know what I mean? So there's a difference between physical defense and making someone earn a layup and earn a trip to the free throw line. I think as far as modern basketball goes, Buck Celtics is, I don't want to say perfect, but I, but I think there are a lot of factors at play. Both of these teams defensively are unbelievable. The Celtics are probably a little bit better top to bottom, but the Bucks boast Brooke Lopez, who's outstanding, Giannis, who's unbelievable, and Drew Holiday, who's probably the best guard, defensive, smaller guy in the league. So the Bucks have this great personnel. The Celtics have from top to bottom this great defense going on. So that will make for a more physical, hard-fought series, which is great, and that's what we look for. But also the way in which Giannis plays, and... Everybody says that Giannis is hard to officiate. You know, and people said the same thing about Shaq. I'm not saying he's easy to officiate, but but I think 
I, I think the ecosystem exists to 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 officiate him. I think this is what you do. You let Giannis get away with bumping guys, pushing guys, running guys over. Now, he'll get called for charges. Don't act like Giannis never gets called for charges. Giannis gets called for charges, right? But he probably gets away with a few here and there, too. And that's his reward for being bigger, stronger, and better. Now, the other side of that coin is I think defenders like Al Horford or like Grant Williams or whoever in this series, take your pick, I think defenders then are extended a little bit of leeway as well. And I think that's only correct. If Giannis gets to use his size and strength to bully guys, okay. But the smaller guys get to give it back to you just a little bit. And I think the balance in that, let's call it upgraded physicality for a player of of Giannis's type, right? Defense gets to knock you around a little bit more. You're not going to go to the free throw line every time you get touched because you'd be there the whole game, right? But we're also not going to call you for offensive charges all the time. Right, because you get to play a physical brand of basketball. You're really, really big. So your reward is you get to push guys around. Guess what? We're going to let guys push you around just a little bit too. And I thought last night it was a really good balance. Giannis, for the most part, got to do his thing, and I thought guys were allowed to defend him. How many free throws did Giannis have last night? I don't remember it being a ridiculous amount. Ten free throws? All right, that's fine. Right, Jason Tatum had ten. So both MVPs in this game had about ten double-digit free throws, no more, no less. That's a good amount. I think the ref struck a good balance last night. But then again, as I said, uh, I don't I don't really want to complain about refs on the show if we can help it. I think that's a good mature thing for us to do as a, as a community here is just realize that most of the time the refs actually get it right. Let's talk to Ed and Madison. Ed, what's going on? Hi, Grant. Hi, I Ed. I got to tell you, man, I got to tell you, this has been one of the most intense battles, and it's a battle out there. Yeah. Bodies on the floor, oh. exhaustion by the end of the game. It's a lot of uh, guts and um, sweat going on out there, and blood compared to last night. So I had them basically going down last night by the third, middle, third, early fourth quarter. I thought there's no spark on this team. Me too. No one's coming off the bench making a difference. And I kept telling my buddies, they're done. There's no spark. And I asked them, who do you think it's going to be? Giannis. But you know what? I think um, someone stepped up, and I'm going to nickname him the Catalyst, okay. Bobby Portis. Yeah, and I'm going to and I'm going to have another guy that I'm going to uh, 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 name to is um, Captain Clutch. And that would be Holiday. Yeah, I'm telling you, he's been clutch in the playoffs the last two years. He's worth every penny, oh. every draft pick we gave away to get him. He has been the leader of that team when it comes to clutch time. Giannis cleans up. We have the guy that comes off the bench and does the garbage. You know, um, he called himself. And I loved his account after the game last night. He used an expletive and he says he's been shooting like blank. And, you know, I love the honesty from him. Mm -hmm. And I really believe we... He used to be a butt killer when he was with the Bulls. Yeah. When we got him, I'm just so so happy. I'm picking the Bucks to go tomorrow night. They're going to take it home, and um, and um, I'm I wanted to know how you were feeling because you were with your buddies last night. You you're kind of like me, calm. But I tell you, towards the end of the game, I had to let it out. Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I, I pick my spots. That's how it works, Ed. When I know that my team yeah. is finally going to win, then I let it loose. I remember when they won the title. I was standing up. I was running around the house 
but I'm not going to let it out until I know that I can let it out and then not sound like an idiot. You know what I mean? Once if they blow the game, yeah. So I was waiting until that final buzzer sounded. God, that was unreal. Sure. Watching Drew do his thing. You know, Grant, um, my wife could give a lick about basketball, NBA, till until last year, and actually, it kind of turned the corner for her when she saw a special on 60 Minutes on Giannis. Yeah, and he's been a Giannis lover ever since. She actually, Giannis has made my wife. Bucks fan. I sat her down last night because she couldn't get to watch the game, and my wife is home with a serious medical emergency, okay. so she doesn't get to get much anymore. So I sat with her. We watched it on YouTube. The final, they, 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 you know how they fast forward the whole game. She was just in tears. She couldn't believe it. She was like, "I thought this game would have been over." Yeah. And um, that, she, he's done. That's what Yon done to a lot of fans, I think, in, in Wisconsin and around their around the nation of basketball. Around the He's world. made it around the world. We watched the whole YouTube um, on the life of Giannis, and he's got a movie coming out um, from Disney this um, this June, I believe. Yeah, do you have Disney Plus, Ed? Is that something you watch with your wife, you big Disney Plus guy? Yeah. Yes. What do you watch on there? Well, we watch it with my grandson. Okay. So we watch a lot of... Children appropriate shows. Oh, good, good. <laughs> so, I should but so. anyway, keep bringing the positive mojo, my friend. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Ed. Thanks for the call, and I'm glad that you and your wife can watch together. Yeah, I don't. Man, I, I don't know. I. I don't know. Like, I think of my mom. My mom is a sports fan because my dad's a sports fan, and she listens to my show a little bit. And I think Giannis just has mass appeal maybe like very few athletes in the world do because his story is so nuts and he's so likable, right? His Q rating, his approval rating. I mean, you'd be hard pressed to find people in NBA fandom that hate Giannis unless it's because he beat their team, right? And even months later, those people would probably still say like, yeah, you can't really rip on him though. You know what I mean? We'll hear a little bit from Giannis. I want to keep talking about championship medal coming up next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. Got a text here from Adam in Eau Claire. Ooh, Adam. Now this is a this is an interesting point. Adam says, "You ever hear from David Minota about Giannis making that three? Yeah, so yesterday Dave called and said that they need to put a bug zapper on Giannis's, um, what did he say, gonads? Uh, buzz him every time he takes a three. You know, the Giannis three-point thing is so annoying because he's not a great three-point shooter. It's not a skill that seems to show up in the playoffs. I mean, what was he? I have the stat written down here. Going into that make last night, he was three for 20 in the series. And then he hits the big shot. I, I think I think we're missing the point obsessing over Giannis' three-point shots. And Stan Van Gundy, I thought, missed the point in the broadcast last night and had a chance to make a really excellent point. But maybe it's a homer point. So it's a point I would have made, but maybe not a Bucks fan. Uh, wouldn't have wouldn't have made, right, if you're not a Bucks fan? I, I just thought that moment when Giannis takes and makes that three, instead of saying, well, you know, the Celtics will live with that. You know, that's where you point out. You say, you know what? He was three for 20 going into that attempt. And the fact that he still took it, that shows you why Giannis is Giannis, right? That shows you the difference between Giannis and Ben Simmons. I hate to always bring up Ben Simmons, but for two years, people debated, well, Ben Simmons is is right there with Giannis. 
if you put a system around Ben Simmons like they put around Giannis, he could do what Giannis does. It's like, no, because he's not wired the same way. Right, and we talked about this last summer when he was really struggling from the free throw line. He would still go to the free throw line because he wasn't afraid to go up there and miss. That's really important, lacking a fear of failure. And Giannis said that going into the playoffs last year when he was asked, you know, what's going to be different against the Heat this time around? He said, oh, I don't know, maybe nothing. We'll see. (laughs) Nothing's for sure. That complete and total comfort with uncertainty and the complete and total comfort with whatever the result is. Like, if Giannis missed that three, I don't think he was going to go home and punch a hole in the wall. He was going to get over it, and he would have come back tomorrow night in Milwaukee, and they would have tried to defend home court in game six. You know what I mean? Something else I wanted to mention really quickly before we take this break. Uh, Drew Holiday finished eighth this season for Defensive Player of the Year. It's harder for guards to win it. So I, I, I don't mean to... Like, they just can't have the impact that Rudy Gobert or Giannis or bigger guys have. It's impossible, right? But <laughs> Drew Holiday getting eighth, after what we saw last night, is kind of funny. Making two huge defensive plays against Marcus Smart. I think we just need to chill out with the awards thing a little bit. Everyone's, they were making fun of Embiid. Chuck and Shaq were on TNT the other night. Oh, you know, Embiid's obsessed with the MVP. That's why he's playing poorly. He's playing poorly because his face really hurts. But also, Joel Embiid, you got to let it go, man. You got to stop bringing up, well, you know, that's their narrative. They want to give it to Jokic. No, Jokic is really good. This idea, we hear this from NBA players all the time. Man, they let the dumbest people vote on these awards, like Bill Simmons. These are the people who should be voting on the awards. Who are we supposed to have vote? Casual fans? The athletic trainer who works in the locker room? Who's supposed to work? Who's supposed to vote? The people who vote are the people who watch every game and cover the league and write about the league and podcast about the league and do film breakdowns about the league. Like, the award voting thing is such a such a funny conversation. Joel Embiid was in it, but then, you know, you see Drew Holiday doing what he's doing last night. You're like, wait, he got eighth defensive player of the year against Marcus Smart? Dude, he stole the ball from twice? I understand that doesn't mean a whole lot, but get where I'm coming from. Awards are kind of dumb. Don't focus on them. The Bucks don't. You and I shouldn't either. Neither should Joel Embiid. Let's take a break. Talk more about the Bucks beating the Celtics in a pivotal game five. More Wisco Sports Show coming up next. Your station for sports. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Here's your host, Grant Bills. Remember a couple of years ago when... This is a little bit of a pull. Maybe you remember this. Maybe you don't. Uh, remember when Damian Lillard hit that pull-up jumper over Paul George when Paul George was on the Thunder? And I, it might have been in game six. I don't remember what game it was in. And that eliminated the Thunder at the buzzer, and it was like a 30-plus foot jumper. It was way out there. And after the game, Paul George says, hey, that's a bad shot. I don't care what anyone says. That's a bad shot about a shot that went in. In the moment... I don't think anybody thought, hey, you know what? That was actually a really good point. I want to be that guy. When a shot goes in, I want to be the guy that's like, well, I know it went in, but that's a bad shot. And he had Stan Van Gundy last night. (laughs) 
I know it went in, but that's a horrible shot. It's like, okay, well, he's probably going for the two for one and probably not the best bit of analysis from you there, Stan. I don't mean to make this an anti-Stan Van Gundy show. I've said a couple times this week, fans, we need to cool it with the refs a little bit. They're not as big of a deal as you think. We need to cool it with the announcers. They don't hate your team like you think. I thought last night, that three-point shot, the second one especially that went in, that was a great example to say, you know what, Giannis is great because he keeps taking these threes. And it's easy to play the results because they ended up going in. But that's how Giannis is wired. And that's what makes him great. And I thought maybe SVG, Stan Van Gundy, dropped the ball a little bit on that uh, analysis last night. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. We're talking bucks all the way to 6 o'clock. Unless you want to look at some random NFL schedule leaks. Panthers, Seahawks, I believe, week 14 I saw today. That's really exciting. Make sure you mark that down uh, so you can make your plans (laughs) accordingly. FedEx Fred is here, 608. 796-2558. 796-2558. Fred, I think it's been a while, hasn't it? When was the last time we chatted? Uh, it's been about a month or two. Wow. Well, what's going on? What's new? Uh, nothing much. Okay. Uh, I'd have to say Big Buckets Bobby was huge last night. Yeah. I don't think people realize how vital he is to this team now that Tucker's not there. He adds that extra grit that I think a lot of people thought they were going to lose. We were going to lose when Tucker left to go to Miami. Yeah, I think Wesley Matthews gets a little bit of that too. I, you know, I, I'm trying to think, and I think Bucks fans last night are realizing, man, it's really hard to make up for Chris Middleton's production. Bobby Portis doesn't make up for Middleton's scoring production, but I think he adds this thing to the mix where there's this juice, this excitement, these hustle plays, these physical plays. I, I don't know how you quantify it, but. He was really big last night. And, you know, shout out to Bud for playing him down the stretch and and going small and switching one to five. I thought Bud made some really smart tweaks, one of which was playing Bobby. And and that's not something we're talking about a lot today. I'm with you on Bobby, though, 100%. I have to say I was extremely impressed with Bud uh, taking out Lopez and putting putting Bobby in. I thought that was a huge, huge move, and it it was the right move. Uh, Number two is... Giannis, Giannis is going to shoot that three. Giannis, Giannis misses a shot. He completely forgets he misses it, and he goes back down the field and he, down the court, and he does it again. Yep. He, the, guy's, the guy's got a memory like a goldfish, and it's awesome when, it come, when he's on your team because it's, you know, I missed that, but oh, well, all right, let's go play defense, and then I'll come down the field again, and I will completely forget what I just did on the offensive end. Yep. Flush it. Which, yep. yep. Giannis would, be, awesome. Giannis would be a really good cornerback in that way, right? It's a really important skill to be able to get dunked on or to get burned or to make a mistake and then not have it affect you at all. Yep. He's like, oh, that's the game. Sometimes you make it, sometimes you miss it, but yeah. I'm going to keep shooting that shot, and it doesn't really matter if I miss it again or not because I'm going to take it again. Well, and on the other end um, of that spectrum, Fred, really quickly, and you can keep going, but on the other end of that spectrum, it's also an important skill to be able to make an awesome play and to be able to flush it right away and to not be able to dwell on it and get past it. I think Giannis is really good at that, too. Yeah. And I think that with that, with Giannis's mentality of doing that, I see it rubbing off on other Bucks players, yes. a.k.a. Bobby. Yeah. I, I, I can't say enough about him, but, you know, the guy's not the greatest shooter in the world, but the guy's not afraid to take a shot and miss it and or make it. Mm-hmm. And right now, with this Bucks team, that's scary because I think – if they do pull off the win tomorrow night or in game seven, 
this Bucks team is going to be dangerous for anybody that they meet from here on out. Well, I think the Celtics and the Bucks are the two best teams in the East, right? I don't think the Sixers yeah. and the Heat are on the same level now. We'll see. That doesn't mean the Sixers or the Heat can't beat the Bucks or the Celtics, but I think very similarly to last year, the Eastern Conference Finals is probably taking place in the second round like it did with Brooklyn and Milwaukee last year. Yes. Now, I have a question. Did that Has that Brooklyn series affected the Celtics in any way? Hmm. Are, they, are, are they physically kind of starting to get drained? Because they're coming off of... Uh, what was that? A five-game series against Brooklyn? No, it was. It was only four. I, I, man, that's an interesting question. I do you think maybe they get a, they got a little high on themselves because they beat Brooklyn, and we all thought Brooklyn was well. I didn't, but a lot of people thought Brooklyn was some juggernaut, right? Some some sleeping tiger in the eighth seed, and then they beat up on Brooklyn, or I guess they were the seventh seed. They beat up on Brooklyn, and I think they got a little high and mighty on themselves, like the pieces were being written. The quotes are, you know, we're not running from anyone. You know, we welcome the challenge. It's like, well, wait a minute. You won your first round series, right? And maybe that carried with them a little bit. I don't know if they're fatigued, but maybe they got a little high and mighty and the Bucks have been able to capitalize on that a couple of times in this series. I I have to agree with that. And the reason I say that is because they just, they, they, did a, they did a complete shutdown defense, physical game against Brooklyn. And then they come in to play Milwaukee and Milwaukee is punching back. Because that whole entire Brooklyn series, all you heard about the Celtics were they got shut down deep. Their defense is the best defense you'll see in the league this year. Yeah. And Milwaukee is going, oh, you think they, they're the best defense? Take a look at how we play defense. We hang our head on defense. Offense, our offense comes off of how well we play defense. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think the Celtics also realized, you know, I think they, they, they were probably feeling pretty high on themselves because they were able to beat up Kevin Durant a little bit. Giannis is not Kevin Durant, right? So I thought the Celtics believe we're physical, we're the mean team, we're the strong team. And then they got in a series where they had to bump elbows with Giannis and Drew Holiday, who's just an ox for a point guard. And I think that yep. maybe caught him off guard a little bit, maybe right away in game one. Maybe that's why the Bucs were able to steal game one. The Celtics were feeling themselves a little bit, and the Bucs might have caught him off guard right away to start the series. I'd have to agree with that. I, I definitely agree with that because everybody was saying the Celtics, the Celtics are coming out of the East. The Celtics are coming out of the East. Their defense, look at what they did in the second half of the season. And all, all of a sudden, everybody in the sports world forgot about Giannis and the Milwaukee Bucks, a.k.a. Stephen A. Smith. Yeah, I, I also <laughs> think Giannis and these guys, they're wired in such a way where maybe it was good that people were down on them a little bit, right? They were down on, well, they were dodging the nets and they were the underdogs coming into the series against Boston, right? Jordan was the best basketball player ever, but what was the, the whole point of the last dance was explaining about how he would create these, these, these ways to motivate him. And I think a lot of the NBA media and a lot of fans did that with the bucks this postseason, despite them being the defending champs. And I think that's made a big difference too. I also think it helps that the, the Bucks are a small market team in Milwaukee. Yeah. They get looked over, so they get that little chip on their shoulder like, hey, we're the defending champs. We haven't gone anywhere. We're in the playoffs. We're the three seed. We're gonna we're we're going to make every series competitive, physical, and hard. Yeah. And it's just it's just nice to see that the Bucks are willing to play mean basketball with another mean basketball team. Yeah, well, they're from the mean streets of Milwaukee. Another cool thing about sports is when I think a team's personality kind of takes on the personality of the city. And maybe that's maybe that's corny, and maybe that's not actually a thing. Maybe I want it to be a thing, but I think that's pretty cool. Fred, I got to go, but it was nice to hear from you, friend. Call back soon. 
You too. Later. Have a good night. FedEx Fred at 608-796-2558. Drew Holiday, Giannis, I think both fit very well with that underdog mentality, the small market mentality, and I think being the underdog, and I mean that not in a personality sense, but in a literal sense, right? They were not the favorites in the series coming in, and they could still lose this series, by the way. The Celtics are really good. The Celtics could win the next two games, even with one in Milwaukee, absolutely. But I, I think... The Bucks coming in not as the favorite. There were reasons to doubt the team, especially without Chris Middleton. And I think that fits Giannis. That fits Drew Holiday. I think they just fit very well together. This was Giannis after the game last night talking about his relationship with Drew Holiday. It's blooming now, huh? It's blooming, you know? Uh, man, I you know that. I, lo- I, lo- I love Drew. I love Drew. He always gives everything for the team. Um, his um, effort is always there. His attitude is great. He's a great guy to have, um, you know, next to you. We, we're very similar. We, we're not about the extra stuff. We are about winning and, uh, you know, just, you know, going and take care of business and playing the right way and lead the team in any way possible, um, festively and defensively. With Chris, you know, obviously I've been with Chris for nine years. This is my second year with Drew. But, you know, just me and him being out there and just, you know, Making plays for the rest of the team, you know, uh, leading the, the team is good. It's good. It's good. I think Drew and Giannis, well, as Giannis just explained, they fit very well together. And you might have experienced this at work, right? If you have a coworker that you work on projects together or you're involved in handling a client together or maybe you work in something more physical, you build things or you construct things and you, you have a coworker that just thinks like you, acts like you, approaches things the same way that you do, that gets the best out of everybody, right? When I come to work every day and there's a couple coworkers that I talk to and interact with and I feel like we vibe together and we feel the same way about certain things and I know they're working really hard, that makes me want to work really hard, I think Giannis and Drew fit really well together and I just think back to... I think back to when they gave up all those first-round picks for Drew Holiday and people were like, really? That's a lot. Well... You know, now you see why. And again, sometimes that can get lost in the regular season. I remember listening, and I brought this up a bunch, so sorry to belabor this, but it's it's an important point. I, I listen to the Ryan Russillo podcast. I listen to Bill Simmons. I listen to a lot of different pods. I like the Low Post. I like the Hoop Collective with Brian Windhorst. But I remember Ryan Rosillo in February, maybe, right? We're in the throes of the regular season, or maybe it was even early March. And I remember Ryan Rosillo being like, What's up with the Bucks defense? You know, they're not top 20. You know, I, I worry about Drew Holiday, you know, and is his head in it. You know, his defense, his defense doesn't look the same to me. You know, right? It's one of those things where you're like, ah, I don't know. I don't quite know. I, I was, I've done better Ryan Rosillo impressions. But questioning the Bucks defense. Okay, fast forward to the playoffs. Now that Brooks healthy. And now that Drew's locked in and playing really hard. I, I truly believe. I talked to, about this with Daryl in the last hour of the show. He called in and pointed out that Drew looked tired for long stretches. I think in the final 60 seconds, when the Bucks finally took the lead, right, and they trailed for almost the entire game, when they got up one point, it's like something switched in Drew Holiday's brain where he thought, oh, I can just do what I'm really good at now. I can just lock in on defense. Watch this, right? Now I can put all the offensive stuff out of my mind. I can put all everything else out of my mind. And my one and only purpose of being out here on this court is preventing that guy from getting to the hoop. Oh, pfft. And I think when he was able to make that switch, right, something just leveled up. Uh, and, and that's something that doesn't level up in the regular season. Like we were looking at uh, the Bucks' defensive efficiency and defensive rating in February. It's like, well, they're not even top 20. Yeah, it's February. 
You know what I mean? And Drew Holiday, and I, and I talked about this back at 4 o'clock, he's a perfect player for the playoffs. It's not always pretty. It's not always perfect. But even on a night that's a little clunky, he's going to give you two or three huge plays in big moments. I mean, you saw it in the finals last year, right? Just authoring these huge moments. And sometimes that's all that matters in the playoffs. It doesn't matter that you take 24 shots to get 24 points and you have an ugly turnover here and there. What do you do when it matters most? And Drew has just got this knack for really coming through in big spots. We saw it last night. Let's go to the phone. 608-796-2558. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Hello? 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 Can you hear me? It's, it's Mike and Eau Claire. Mike and Eau Claire. Hey, it's been a while, Mike and Eau Claire. We have some reunions yeah, today. It's, it's good to hear from you. Yeah. Yeah. I just, it's <laughs> a little offside show, but I, I'm just enjoying this playoffs and I enjoyed last year and the reason we get to enjoy it is because Giannis didn't bolt like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar oh, yeah. he didn't pull the LeBron James I, I just he's the face of the league to me I may be alone in that it's still LeBron's league but to me he's the new face he should be the new crown of the league I think just most people would have bolted. I'm just so proud of him. Do you think, Mike, here's a, here's a question. So Giannis is from Greece, grew up very poor. So LeBron bolted. You're talking about LeBron, right? So I think in yep. American culture, right, there's this expectation that when you reach a certain age, you reach, you know, 18, 19, you move out and you go explore life off on your own, right? You go to college, you take a trip, or you go to Europe, or you do whatever, right? You go find yourself. And I wonder... If that wasn't LeBron going to Miami, right? He'd been in Ohio all his life. He never had a college experience because he went to the league right out of high school. And he went to Miami as part of this cultural thing we have in this country to find yourself. And maybe that just doesn't exist in Giannis the way that exists in some of these American players. Maybe that was a big reason why he ended up staying. I don't know. That's something I've been thinking about recently. That makes sense. That's Miami is a fun town. Shaq, when Shaq was there, he says, we were having so much fun, I don't even know how we won the title. <laughs> <laughs> you ever been to Miami, Mike? No, I haven't. Uh, damn, I was hoping we'd get a, get a good Miami story out of you. What's the biggest party town you've ever been to? Well, I grew up in Los Angeles. Oh, so. how'd you end up in Eau Claire? Oh, <laughs> uh, long as my family's from here, but my dad okay. was in the military and got a job out there. So I grew up out there for seven years in the eighty mid eighty mid eighties to the ninety three. Oh, I love I love Eau Claire. Yeah. Well, what's the difference? You're walking along the yeah, beach I in do. LA. You're walking along the river by campus down by down by Dooley's Pub. They're really one and the same when you think about it. There's something to love about both of them. Yeah, that's a good way but to look this, at it. But this is my home. This is my home. I like it here. I'll go visit. I'll go visit different places. And yeah. now that you mention it, I've got to get to Miami. I'm going to go there sometime. Yeah, I'll, well, make a note <laughs> of it. A, I, I, I will make a note of it, too. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate the call. Yep, thank you. Mike in Eau Claire. Who's from L.A.? I would not have guessed that. That's funny. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if that factored into Giannis's decision to stay. Maybe, and maybe this is annoying. This is the thing I've done a couple of times in the last year. Do you do you guys vibe with this at all? The idea that certain differences in the way Giannis operates is is due to not necessarily being foreign, but growing up in a culture outside of ours, not growing up privileged in any way at all. I think that impacts him on a lot of different levels, and that shapes the kind of player he is, the type of person he is, and it's all good. Right, I don't think Giannis stresses and worries about getting embarrassed and ending up on Twitter and ending up on first take the same way that some American players do. And I, that's why I think Giannis will go up and, and jump on every shot to try to contest it. And if he ends up getting dunked on it, whatever. 
right? He wasn't afraid to go to the free throw line in the playoffs last year, even though it kind of became a, a little bit of a sideshow, right? We were ripping Giannis for being bad at free throws. People were counting on him. It was a bad look. Not afraid to take threes last night, even when his team needed one, still willing to take one down the stretch. That's just kind of how he's wired. And maybe I'm maybe I'm trying to make a mountain out of a molehill, but I think a lot of that is due to his upbringing, just the way that he's wired, the way that he's built. Let's take a break. I want to talk about more uh, more about championship medal. Let's get back into that. There were a couple of examples of of last night's game where you thought, there it is. There, there's something a championship team would do. Only a championship team could do. Let's talk about that next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. I'm still thinking about Eau Claire Mike being from Los Angeles. It's not that I judge you by your voice when you call in, but I just wouldn't have guessed. I do believe that outside of Milwaukee and Madison, which are two just bigger cities, so they have advantages that the rest of the state doesn't. I think Eau Claire would be the Los Angeles of Wisconsin. If we're capping town size, like, I don't know what the full population of Eau Claire is, but let's say 100,000 and less. Eau Claire's got the live music scene. Eau Claire's live music scene is awesome. It's unlike, and I love the scene in lacrosse. I don't know as much about the scene in Madison, but from towns that I've spent time in, like the live music scene in and around Eau Claire is amazing for a town that size. Everybody's hanging out outside, walking, getting a workout in. The downtown's real popping down on Water Street or wherever you're hanging out in downtown Eau Claire. Um, It is probably the Los Angeles of Wisconsin. Outside of Milwaukee and Madison, obviously those two just big cities in general are going to have advantages. I think Eau Claire's right there. Thanks for the call, Mike. 608-796-2558. can join the show by phone or by text if you'd like. Remember, I'm on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. You should follow me and tweet me during the show. It's fun. The other guy texted in. Uh, if the Bucks are going to pull this series out, the difference is going to be their championship medal. Yep, we talked about that. And then the next text is, game one, Nets adjustment, Milwaukee defense versus Brooklyn defense. Game two, Boston flexes. Game three, first game at Fiserv. Game four, Boston proves they have fight. Game five, championship medal. Ah, I see. If you were to go through this, I I know what you're saying now, the other guy. So game one, uh, there is an adjustment from playing the Nets to the Bucs. Yep, and that's how the Bucs were able to win that game. I like that breakdown. Game two, Boston says, hey, 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 we're really, really good. I know Alex Lazary, of all people, are tweeting about sweeps. I'm surprised he had time because I know he's probably busy building buildings and you know, wearing his hard hat and doing things with power tools. But game two, Boston's really good, even if Alex Lazary wants to tweet about how the Bucks are sweeping. Game three, the Bucks win because it's the first game at Fiserv. That makes sense. Game four, Boston's like, not so fast. We can win on the road, too. We got this. Game five last night, in a pivotal game five, when everything kind of comes to a head, championship medal. Right? That's where it shows up. I saw the words championship medal, championship pedigree, being tweeted, being written about. I've heard it in a lot of podcasts today. The way that I today have compartmentalized championship medal, if you were to ask me, what does that mean? The way I would see it, championship teams get things done because those things need to get done. You know what I mean? If you're a championship team and you need to get a stop, you get a stop. If you're a championship team and you need to make your free throws, you make your free throws. Right? We saw that with Giannis last year. Not a great free throw shooter, but hey, he's a championship player, championship team. Free throws needed to go in, so they went in. He made sure, right? And I think last night we saw a lot of those examples. Things got done in last night's game for the Bucks, even if it took a while, 
because they needed to get done. Their defense showed up. They allowed nine points in the final eight minutes. Bobby was solid on defense. Coach Bud said, all right, we're going to go small, switch everything top to bottom. Of course, Drew was nuts, right? I think that mindset switched in the final 40 seconds. As soon as the Bucks took the lead, Drew laughed. He said, oh, I can only defend now? This is a joke. Watch me go off. And he did. Their defense stepped up because it had to step up. That's how championship teams work. Three-point shooting. Giannis is three of 20 in that series until that make that he had at the end of the game, right? And if I go and I look at the fourth quarter only box score, I would be willing to bet that the Bucs did. A, oh, look at that. Six of six from beyond the three-point line. I didn't even know that was a stat. That's pretty darn impressive, right? Celtics didn't even take a three in the fourth quarter. In the, in the fourth quarter, even though the Bucs hadn't been shooting well, coming into the fourth quarter, if we look at first through third quarter combined, the Bucs were shooting 30% from three. They shot 100% from three, six of six in the fourth quarter because it needed to happen. They made it happen. Free throws, Bobby hit four, Giannis hit his first, and then when he missed, they made it happen anyways because they got the offensive rebound. Championship medal, the way I like to see it and the way I describe it, a championship team makes things happen simply because they need to happen. And that's in any walk of life, at any job, right? If a boss is good, oh, there's a deadline, this thing's got to get done by the deadline, well, it's going to get done because it's going to get done, and that's the type of person I am, that's the type of team I am, the type of boss I am. We saw that big-time championship medal with the Bucks last night. 608. 7962558. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? What happened to Connie? What was that? Did you just hang up? <laughs> You're not even going to. What happened to Carney? Well, I was going to tell you. Did you not want to talk on the phone? Okay. Dave, uh, for the millionth time, uh, Dave is looking to do something else. Nothing dramatic, nothing that interesting. He just wanted to do something else, tried a different job. So he uh, left us last week, which is fine. We missed Dave. We missed the show. Wish him the best. That was the most bizarre call I've ever gotten, and I've gotten spam calls on the show before. Uh, if you want m- more, uh, well, I don't really have more to tell you, but uh, next time, don't hang up right away. So rude. Uh, a couple of texts here. Remember, you can tweet me at Wisco Grant as well. Here's Giannis speaking to championship pedigree just a little bit. Actually, we haven't heard from Drew yet. Let's listen to Drew. He says they never panicked despite being down a couple of points. Honestly, we was in timeout talking about there's a lot of time left. Uh, we've seen 14 points decimate just like that. We know it's the playoffs, and we know this is a great offensive team and defensive team, but we've also done it ourselves where we've been up and, and teams have walked us down and kind of came back. So we just always stay with that confidence that there's always going to be time left and we take care of business. We always give ourselves a chance. I think that's a perspective that you get when you've won a title or you've been to a title or you've been in these situations before. Because when you win a title, you have to go through round one, two, three, and then make the NBA Finals, and then deal with that, right? There's so many games, right? And I think only after you experience all of that, you when you begin the next playoff run, you think, oh, no, 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 no. This seems like it's a big deal. It's not, right? It's like a, a 45-year-old telling a, a 16-year-old. It's like, you know that guy you have a crush on in your high school? You're going to forget about him in a year. And, and the 16-year-old's like, no, I'll never love again. You, you will, trust me. It's kind of the same with the NBA playoffs. Once you go through it start to finish and realize what a huge undertaking it is, how many games, how many days, how much wear and tear, right? You don't nitpick these little things. You don't get in your feels about letting a game slip away that you should have had. Bucks should have won on Tuesday night, right? Or was that Monday night? I'm getting my days all turned around. They should have won Monday night. They let that slip away. That could have stuck with them. That could have hung with them, and it didn't. Now, the Celtics should have won last night. Let's see what the Celtics are made of. Are they going to wallow in the fact that they blew a chance to to go up 3-2 at home? 
or are they going to come back and, and flush this and come back and play really well in Milwaukee, right? That's what a championship team would do. Let's see what Boston is uh, is made of. Giannis said the other night, job's not done. This is from last night. We just keep going back and forth, you know, and at the end of the day, like, you get too high for this, you know. Obviously, it's great to win the game and great to go back home and feel good about ourselves, but uh, the job, the job's not done. I said last night, I drove to Quick Trip with a buddy after the game, and as we're driving there, we're listening to the Bucks post game show. Justin Garcia is just slicing and dicing, laying down the stats and wrapping up the game. A uh, friend of show, Justin Garcia. And I looked at my buddy. I said, you know what? You know what? I love Giannis. And he's like, oh, I was listening to the post game show, but I guess we'll chat. And he turned it down. And I, <laughs> I said, you know, what? I love Giannis because he's done his post game availability. And this game is he's past his game already. He's not celebrating. He's not jumping up and down. He's not blasting music. This is flushed. This is done. He's thinking about Friday. He's moved on. He's not too high after this game. Right? Giannis always says this in press conferences. He says it so often that it starts to sound like a cliche where he's like, you can't get too high, can't get too low. You cannot get too high after wins like this. And you can't get too low after losses like Monday. And I think Giannis has really learned how to balance that. I don't think he had that skill in 2018, which is why one loss against the Raptors spiraled into three more. And they got swept out in four straight losses after going up 2-0. And I think that was a factor in the bubble, too. Now, the bubble was weird. It must have been really hard to flush a game because you couldn't see your family. And you were stuck staying in a hotel with all the other players who you were playing against. So it was harder to flush losses. It was harder to get over wins when you're surrounded by it all the time. But I think part of Giannis maturing is him realizing you can't get too bent out of shape about any one of these individual contests. The same way you can't get bent out of shape about a high school crush that doesn't like you back. Because guess what? By the time you're 21 or 23 or 27, you're not going to remember any of these people. You're going to laugh about thinking. You're going to laugh about thinking about how much that mattered to you in the moment. right? You have to have a bigger scale. And I think when you go on a couple championship runs, you make a finals, you win a finals, you really start to get all that into perspective. Let's take a break. We'll talk more about this coming up next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Give me a call or give me a text if you want to talk Bucks Celtics. Crazy game five last night. I don't know if I've seen a game that has made me feel the way that that game made me feel. Other than maybe a Super Bowl or when the Bucks won in game six or some of those finishes against the Suns last year in the finals. That's about it, right? Last night on a very short list of really, really fun, but also pretty powerful games. And I, I say powerful intentionally as, as in, like, I finished watching that game and I thought, oh, my God, like, I need to I need to take that in. Like, we talk about having the best player in the series. We talk about having the best player in the world. We just saw exactly what that means. That's, that's a lot of power. I almost felt a little dirty. Like, I should should one fan base get to get all this? I, seems almost like too much. Eric, Eric on I-90, it is almost too much what Giannis is doing, really. It, it is really too much. And just watching these games, it's just too much. It's it's just an emotional roller coaster for me. And I, I'm really invested in it. And it was just such a great game last night. It was just, it was just great. My heart was, was just like, pounding, Eric. Like it was, I could feel it in my chest. And I've watched games and I've watched things and done things that have given me that feeling before. But last night I'm looking around like, I... Man, I haven't watched a game or been a part of a game that's made me feel like this. It's it's been a long time since I felt that way about a sports game. I don't even know the last time. Right. I mean, me and my wife were both up 
like our faces like three feet from the screen. It was yeah. We're both standing up and we're why it was just it was it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun to watch. It was a great game to win. But you know, it's, I started out those games and I'm like every shot. I'm like, oh, we needed that. I mean, first quarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're we're at 11 minutes and 25 seconds into the, in the left in the first quarter, and I'm like. We needed that shot. You know? yep. That's the shot that's going to win the game, mm-hmm. right? And, uh, no, really, really great to watch. And It's just it's so many ups and downs. I can't follow Giannis' advice now. I've, I've drank the Kool-Aid, and we're going <laughs> to win it all. Man. And it's going to be awesome. Man, I, I mean, I... That's a long ways off. I, I hope so. Things in the East are lining up that I think whoever comes out of this Boston-Milwaukee series is, is going to have an inside track to making the finals. I don't know what the West is going to look like. I, I need to see another game of the Suns, uh, and I need to see kind of how the Warriors bounce back. I kind of think the Warriors will clobber the Grizzlies, so we'll see. I think it's going to be Suns-Warriors. We'll see, especially without Ja, although they played well without him. I, I, don't, I don't know about down the road, but... The Bucks or the Celtics, who's ever able to close out the series, is going to have a pretty favorable path because the Sixers aren't on this level and the Heat aren't either. And if Chris Middleton's able to come back, that's just that makes all the difference in the world. It sure does, and sure does. And the Holiday, you know, he's everybody's beat up on him, and I beat up on him, and um, you know what a what a player. And uh, I think there was this thing going around today, and social media going it's like a letter of apology to drew holiday it's like we're sorry man we love you it's cool it's it's really fun to watch drew holiday in the playoffs because he can be kind of bummy and a little out of sorts for stretches but he gets it together in the fourth quarter and he's just such a good closer and in the playoffs that's what matters right eric like if you can put together a couple really good possessions at the end that's really all we're going to remember right and you know the game really changed last night you could tell the Celtics. You know, the Celtics for the whole series have been going inside and passing out, right? Going inside, passing out. Last night, they started to take some shots down by the rim. Yeah. Didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. They did. And it was like Drew was down there, and everybody's like, oh, that's a pretty gutsy move by him to, to, to leave his guy when Smart went by him. But, you know, I think those guys see something in the other guy's body language. Like, he knew he was going to shoot. Yeah. He just knew it, right? And then get the ball, pound it in his chest so it goes out. Smart looks like a total jack wagon. <laughs> it was perfect. It was perfect. It was. Per- it was this it this is how you'd write better. it. This is how you'd draw it up. If you were to write the most dramatic right. way to end this right. game, you'd right. use all the same players, all the same plays. Hey, Eric, before I let you go, I was told by, by someone today that you called Ebo's show this morning. Can you tell me about that? I did. I had a good conversation with those guys. It was like it was like I, they uh, have known me for years. They <laughs> welcomed me right in, and uh, uh, we had an interesting conversation. I thought I thought it was interesting, anyways. What did you guys talk about? Um, we talked about the game, you know. I oh, mean, okay. it was like you know those Giannis three pointers. I was like, when you shoot them, it's like your ass would pucker up, mm-hmm. and because it's it's way up there, and it's like man, when they dropped, it was. You're going to have to talk to Dave and Mendoza and ask him about his gonad shocker. <laughs> I mean, he's using it. You're not the first you one know? who brought that no. up today. I got a couple texts about that as well. Eric, you are a, you, you are a privilege. Thank you for the call. And, and keep calling Evo. You got to make yourself a regular on that morning show. Well, you know, it's, you know I'm a lonely guy on a big slab. 
of concrete, you know, and uh, it's really good to talk to you guys and kind of, you know, keep, keep the drive light. Well, yeah, hell yeah, Eric. You have a good rest of your drive, however long that is tonight. We'll talk soon. Do I have a good one, Eric? Do I need to tweet that quote out? I what did he say? I'm a lonely man on a long slab of concrete. I think Eric's a poet. Man, I love it when Eric calls. I get a text here from Zach and Eau Claire. Great in all caps. Bucks win last night. This team is just so resilient and battle tested. It almost Makes getting prematurely bounced from the playoffs in 2019 and 2020 worth it. But no one can argue that our offense misses Middleton's pure shooting now. And Holiday is a dog on defense. Fear the deer. Yeah, all of what you just said, Zach. I, I think part of why the Bucks are likable, and I don't want to speak for everyone else around the country, but I, I feel like Bucks may be a little bit more likable than the Brooklyn Nets or the Lakers. Um, I, I don't know about the Warriors anymore with Kevin Durant. I, I know their approval rating wasn't too high among the masses because it was a super team. But I think... Us here in America, we, we love a, a story about overcoming, right? Pushing through and getting better and, and toppling an obstacle. And I think coming up short in 19 and then in 20 and then coming back in 2021 last year with Drew Holiday and trying again and getting better and Giannis getting better at all these individual things. We love a, a story of overcoming adversity and getting better and pushing through obstacles. Jason on Lower Tainer Lake. Best part of Holiday's steal was Smart's reaction and looking at the refs, such a bunch of whiners. Yeah, here's the thing. Here's the, let's talk about the Celtics for a second. I don't like the Celtics. Uh, it's not personal. Well, I don't know. Maybe it is personal. I got nothing against Jason Tatum. I'm sure they're all nice guys. I even like Marcus Smart to a degree. Right? Oh, I hate Marcus Smart. Well, I, I'm not going to say that. I've never met him. It, it's a huge turnoff watching them play and watching them fall over every possession and whine about every little thing. It's like, I, I heard, I was listening to a morning show this morning. A caller called in to complain about Grant Williams, who Bucks fans have have not become too fond of. And this caller, I thought, made a pretty good point about Grant Williams. Grant Williams was barely a rotation player this season. He doesn't play starting or closing minutes. He's not a nobody, but in the context of a contending team, when you know everybody, he's a nobody. What gives him the right to yell at the refs and whine about every little thing and fall over and sell every little call, right? The, the Celtics are a very entitled team. Right. And I think down the stretch, they got in their heads a little bit. They weren't getting to the free throw line. They weren't getting their three point shots off. The Bucks were putting a little pressure on him. And I think they started to wiggle a little bit. And that instead of putting the head down, locking in and doing what needs to be done, as we've seen the Bucks do. Right. They go the other way and they start to crack a little bit and they start to freak out and they start to get on the ref's case a little bit. And they start to get distracted and they splinter and the Bucks don't do that. The Bucs don't do that at all. The Bucs are the opposite. And I just, it's very unlikable. It's not becoming at all. Uh, and I agree with your text, Jason. It's a little much watching these guys flop and fall over and whine every single play. Ooh, we got our we got our Celtics caller here. Chris is on the phone. Chris, your timing is excellent. We were just talking about your team. And hey, while I was bad-mouthing your team, I would like the record show. And I think anybody who's been listening for the last two hours would show. I actually haven't been bad-mouthing Boston or the Celtics, really. I have really been more talking about my team. So if, if you think that this has been some big Boston slander fest, that's, that's not what this has been. What's going on? <laughs> well, I'll, I'll lead off and just say I'm happy to hear that. I just tuned in. So for all I, for all I knew for the last hour yeah. and 45 minutes, it's been uh, nothing but, but Celtics slander. No, 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 no. no, no uh, not obviously, I will not stand for. No, no, no. Uh, not not the show. case. And, and by uh, the way, <laughs> what I was saying right there, Chris, about like 
I, I think the Celtics got a little, I'm not going to say they were frazzled, but I saw, so you know who Keith Smith is, right? All NBA fans know Keith Smith. Always tweeting, right? He covers the Celtics and he's, he's really good. And last night he had a tweet that kind of blew up about how there were a couple baskets that the Celtics gave up last night because they were yelling at the refs or they were doing this and that. So this is not, this isn't just me, all right? I've seen Celtics people saying this. Have you thought that or did you notice anything like that last night? Oh, I noticed it completely. I think, you know, we all, we all have things that we don't like about our own teams, right? We're always, and especially, you know, for you as a Bucks fan, for example, like you, you could critique the Bucks a ton because they're your favorite team, right? Mm -hmm. Same thing with the Packers. You know, we, we know their flaws and we know what they, they're good and what they're not good at. For me with the Celtics, that's the thing that I think really irks me the most. Uh, Tatum is especially guilty of it. Um, And not that like, you know, all superstars in the in the NBA expect some kind of yeah. special treatment. And we Absolutely. hear about, you know, all, LeBron gets all the calls and all this stuff. It happens. Um, it's probably my least favorite thing uh, about Tatum specifically as a player, but probably as our, about our team as a whole. I mean, I thought that the game was actually really well officiated in game five. Um, you know, I, you know, I, I think the first four games, I think both Celtics and Bucks fans, could point to screenshots and videos yeah. and say, this was bad or how could dude, you do this it, dude man and, it sucked it was so stressful it was so everyone is being so aggressive all the time i hated it and like we were both both fan bases were pointing to things but it was it was exhausting i'm oh, glad that yeah. wasn't the takeaway last night from either side absolutely me too no me too because it was a i mean my team didn't win but i can i can step back and say that was an amazing game of basketball like that oh. was, if you're a fan of the game that was a really fun one the, the issue with us, I think, down the stretch uh, is that for the last – and we did this against Brooklyn too. Um, the Celtics are, have, I've noticed, have been really big on trying to milk the clock down. Okay. Um, and so we did this against the Nets. I think we did this um, – shoot, it was game four even. Uh, Marcus Smart had a very clutch bucket. You know, Dan Van Gundy was freaking out like, why aren't they trying to score? Why aren't they moving the ball? Mm-hmm. And Smart ended up getting a, a bucket in the paint. That's kind of been our offense in the last two minutes when we're up, you know, six, seven points, and we need to, we need maybe one or two more baskets to yeah. to close the game out. We milk the clock down and we try to get a shot up. Um, to the Bucks' credit, you did a great job of making it so that Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum had to take long contested twos mm-hmm. on those shots. Um, and and granted, we missed them, um, and so hopefully, you know, in Game Six we don't miss those shots if we have that opportunity. But um, the Bucks had a really great job uh, defensively. Um, you guys tend to not switch on screens. No. I noticed that in the last maybe three minutes or so, they did. all of a sudden you were switching on screens. And yeah. we had no clue what to do about it. We had no clue what to do about it. Because our plan was let's milk the clock, try to get the matchup we like, and, yeah. and get and hopefully get to our spot. And you did not let us do that. And well, that and, an and that's amazing how, adjustment by Bud. Yeah, that's how Tatum got cooking because he found George Hill on Monday night, right in in the closing minutes. And they were so good about figuring out what, you know where they wanted to hunt their shots and getting to their spots. And Bucks fans have been a little angry at George Hill the last couple of nights. I think he's fine. He's he's whatever. But I, I look the Celtics. It's it's almost a blessing and a curse, right? Because in Jalen Brown and Tatum, you have two guys that can go one on one and get buckets. But I think the Bucks did the same thing on Monday night. They were up a handful of buckets, and all they needed was a couple shots to go down to win, and they just traded possessions. Giannis's turn one possession, Drew's turn another, and they would just go back and forth. And it's almost a curse to have a couple of really good isolation players like Tatum and Brown because you start to lean on that. Oh, absolutely, and they start to lean on it too. You know, it, mm-hmm. how many? I mean, I, I got like really big. You know, Tatum thinks he's Kobe vibes. 
uh, at yeah. times, especially down the stretch of that game. You could tell he was he was seeking that shot that you look back on and go, oh, do you remember during our championship run against the Bucks, the Tatum had that huge shot in Game Five. You know, like he wanted that moment, and it just and he didn't he didn't deliver. Um, and, and a lot of that is because the Bucks have have put together a really solid plan on how to slow him down, um, and and even stop him for for stretches, um, which I, th- I think is very impressive. Um, so I give the Bucks all the credit in the world for doing it. I mean, y'all are the defending champs for a reason, um, and it's because you have the flexibility defensively to to guard and match up well against just about every team. That's in the league right now. It's a shame that one of these teams has got to go home after this round because, as, as a fan of the league, a big fan of the, everyone else too, as I know you are. I like it's nothing against Philly. It's nothing. Well, I hate the Heat too. Like the Heat can I, never mind. It's everything against the they Heat. Can kick rocks. You're good. Yeah, yeah, these are these are the two best teams in the East. You know what I mean? It's a shame that one of them has to go down after the second round. I would agree with that. I don't think that the Eastern Conference Finals, the Western Conference Finals, or the NBA Finals, for that matter, are going to be as entertaining as we've had um, for this series. I, I, I truly wow. believe that. Um, I'm still going to tune in it's, and, and watch because I love the game. But, man, this, this series has been a ton of fun. Um, and maybe that's because I'm a fan of one of the teams involved. <laughs> but yeah. um, I, I would have to think that, that if you like the game of basketball, I mean, Game 5 was your, was your jam. Um, that was a that was a really fun game. Well, and like, the referees did not interfere to the point where it, it was tarnished in some way. No, I thought it was good. Tatum and Giannis both had ten free throws. I think Tatum had okay, so Tatum had nine, Giannis had ten. All right, you get your couple foul shots. That's all you really need. Like I, I thought it was a perfect basketball game. Yeah. And you're welcome to basketball fandom for doing that, right? Boston got hot in the third, Milwaukee got hot in the fourth, it came down to the wire, like you're welcome. The rest of NBA fandom that got to watch that game last night. Chris, I'm sorry. I got to take one final break. Do you have one statement on game six tomorrow night before we wrap this up? All I will say is Celtics in seven. Have a good one, Grant. <laughs> I, I, that's, that's what I'd hope you'd say. That, that's Chris Porter. You can find him on Twitter. He's just been our Celtics guy. That's funny. He calls in. I hadn't said anything bad about the Celtics really the whole show. It had been very bucks and like, We'd mention, oh, it's great he, you know, stole the ball from Marcus Smart, who was Defensive Player of the Year, but really hadn't been bad-mouthing the Celtics too much. And then when I finally do, because of a text that somebody said, it wasn't even prompted by me. It was prompted by someone else. Thanks for the call, Chris. Let's take one final break. We'll wrap up the Wisco Sports Show after this. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.